I'm Vince Roca. Did he say venti mocha? And sitting in for special guest Michael Hutchinson is special guest Martin Bailey. Hello, kids. Aloha. Uh, aloha. Alo, not a hi ha, but aloha. <laughs> Wow. Get I, it? Like I said, I haven't There's been a tall for, yeah. I haven't been forever, so I don't. You know. To the Hawaiian Islands, aloha. How are you? Doing good. How are you? I'm I'm good. So the big news is the Oscars happened. Yes. Oscars, Hollywood's greatest night. Big night, big night. Did you watch? I watched the tape. Yes. You watched the tape. I you was did. in Vegas watching Iron Maiden. You and, uh, in the previous podcast you talked about this warm and fuzzy moment that you, your father and your sister share where you watch the uh, yes. Oscars and instead you went to go see a boy band in Las Vegas. I saw a boy band that's been around for uh forty six years and you know they have their own plane and uh The monkeys have been they, around longer than that. They're they, still a boy band. No. The Beatles are a boy band. No. Yeah, don't no. Sorry, you're completely totally wrong. Anyway, yeah, I was, they are I, they are boys who might be men who grew up, but they they have penises and they're in a band. Cool, it's a boy band. So yeah, these <clears throat> these plans were made like about five or six months ago. Didn't realize that it landed on the the same night. Oh, of the Oscars. So uh, we watched the first uh, hour or so, and then headed over to the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so didn't mm-hmm. see the beginning. Saw Chris Rock and. Well, you watched um, the first hour, but you didn't see the beginning? Is that what you just no, said? No, no, no. The beginning. Oh, you like saw the beginning. beginning. Okay. No, <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? It's <laughs> all the first hour, the beginning. Uh, so you saw Chris's opening uh, set, which was great. Yeah. I thought I mean, he nailed it in the opening yeah, set. I mean, uh, he rocked it. I mean, I think he rocked it the entire night. Just constantly making fun of the whole situation, I thought was brilliant. And the way he was doing it, it got a little old. Yeah, they beat a people. dead horse. Yeah. Well, for some people, but at the same time, I think he was just making a point. And I, I do agree with his point. It with just, what point? What point would that be? That there was, I think, 350 movies. Yet again, 350 movies that qualified for the Oscars. 350 movies. That's three five zero events. Yes. And how many were involved with people other than white people? Yeah, Thank I'm, you. I am and so the glad. Is. I'm so glad you brought this up because I actually pulled some statistics yes. to talk about Oscar So White. First off, 12.2% of the U.S. population is black. Yes. Okay? 12% of yeah. the population is black. 6.2% of California's population is black. Yes. Now, that's an important thing to note because Hollywood happens to be in, in California. California. Right. Although. In Los Angeles, 8.7% is black. So it's a little bit more than right. over, than the overall of the state. So really, uh, because movies are made in Hollywood, and it, the majority of them, and that's where the stories come from, and that's where everything comes from, you really have to take the number 8.7%, not the U.S. population right. of 122 because they're all coming out of the same place. Yeah. One out of 10 people, just, just under. Right. So, yeah. So... But here's here's some numbers that I ran. I went back 10 years, and gotcha. I looked at the Academy Award for Best Director. Gotcha. And in the past, each year, five people are nominated. Yes. And, except when it's uh, the Coen brothers, then it's six. But they yeah. they share one Oscar. They share. So it's really five. Five, people are, <laughs> five movies and five people are nominated. And in the past 10 years, two black people have been nominated yes. for Best Director, which is 4%. Yes. 4% in... Uh, Los Angeles, 8.7% are black. Now, 8.7% people in Los Angeles might be black, but that doesn't necessarily mean that 8.7% of all directors are black. Absolutely. 
I would imagine that there are very few uh, black directors. Like the percentage is pretty. I don't know the number, but right. I'm sure the percentage is pretty low. So I would think low. that four percent is pretty, pretty high low. for directors. Yeah. Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. Okay, in the last ten years, yes. there have been three black people that have been nominated, and that it represents six percent. Yes. So that's kind of close. That's you know, Oscars so white, not so white. I mean, you know, it's not that bad. It's pretty white. Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress. Yes. In the past ten years, there have been six women nominated. Yes. And that represents 12%. And Take of, away one movie and your average goes down. Uh, no, because the 6% are... Yes. Uh, are the Take six, away the help, and which was a black movie. That only accounts for 2008 for two of the girls. Right. So well, That's what I'm saying. So take that movie. So six becomes movie. five. No. Six becomes four. No. So down. Not in Best Supporting Actress in 2008. There's two of them. Two women from the help. Yeah. So. Anyway. So two become one and six becomes five. Okay. But anyway, 12%. Now. Yeah. Of that percentage, three women, three black women have won. So that means that 30% of the wins in Best Supporting Actress in the last 10 years yes. have gone to black women. Yes. So that is like Oscar so black. Like where are yeah. the white women getting their love? Because thirty that's twice the population yeah, of the country. Three times the population of right. Los Angeles. So white women and women of Asian descent right. or Hispanic. That's the interesting. I wanted to do these numbers to involve Hispanics as yeah, well. Absolutely. But it is fucking impossible no. to try and figure out no. who might be half Hispanic yeah. or quarter Hispanic or full Hispanic. I mean, I, I was not going to spend, I was no. not going to go with 50 people per category. And at, the, and at the same time, it depends on what, you know, are they from Mexico? Are they from yeah. Central America? Spain from or whatever. America, from Spain? Are they from it's, other parts of Europe? Yeah. It's absolutely. pretty easy to just Google a photo of yes. these people and go, oh, that one's black. That yes. one's white. That's yeah. easy. Yeah. So I, I guess there's the racial line that I drew. Academy Award for Best Actress, uh, three women in the past 10 years, that makes up 6%. Uh, Academy Award for Best Actor, uh, four men in the past 10 years, that makes up 8%. Uh, one of those guys in 2006, Forrest Whitaker, won. So that makes means that he took 10% of the wins, which in 8% black Angelinos, again, now we're Oscar so black again. See, See how it's flipping? Not really at all, but so this is in your brain. In the past 10 years, yes. out of 250 possible uh, nominees, yes. 18 of those have been black. That is yeah. 7%. Okay. Okay. Again, 8.7% Angelinos are black. That's not so white. Right. That's not. I mean, do I think there should be more roles for black people? Yes. Is it absolutely ludicrous that white people are cast in black roles? I just recently heard a white guy was going to be playing Michael Jackson in his biopic, which and, when you compare the two photos. Bradley Cooper's movie. You were just in makes, Hawaii. Bradley Cooper's movie. That, that was, Aloha, where Emma Stone yeah. is a white girl is uh, playing a, a local Hawaiian, which the movie got a lot of flack for yes. that. Because uh, there's not enough Hawaiians in Hawaii. To play the part, just letting you know. Well, Cameron Crowe's here's the here's the story. Uh, well, what I'm pretty <laughs> anyway, sure the story with that is is uh, Cameron Crowe claims that she was supposed to be uh, of half white, half Hawaiian descent, and her character, and that's the thing. She's not supposed to look Hawaiian, so this way, when she starts speaking the local language and knows a lot about the locals, people are surprised, and that kind of happens in the movie. I think, truth be told, is 
Cameron, uh, who I did meet once, a fantastic guy. Mm -hmm. Cameron had a script. He wanted to make a movie, and uh, they said Emma Stone that's, wants to that's do it. That's what I was going to go into because I had this long. I had a very long discussion yeah, about this. And twice. Bradley Cooper and Emma Stone. I mean, of course. Yeah. So you you just think, and I can imagine at that stage, the last thing on your mind is like, oh, people are going to come down on us for not casting an authentic Hawaiian. Yes, it's fucking Emma Stone. Right. Like she's cute as a button. Like who doesn't want to put her on a poster? So, but she's playing a Hawaiian. It yeah, doesn't look anything really what they should have done at that point. But I don't. I honestly don't think they had any fucking clue that this was going to be a thing. Right. They just should have changed parts of her character in the script. Absolutely. It would have just been it's a white very, girl. Very, it's very simple. It would have been an easy any, fix in the yes. writing stage. Anyway, so uh, Academy Award for Best Actor, 8%, and uh, Forrest Whitaker won 10%. Oh, uh, okay. 18 of the 250 have yes. been African-American or black descent or whatever. Uh, seven per makes up 7%. Gotcha. Now, in 2006, 2009, and 2013, 16% of the nominees were black. Yep. That's twice of what Los right. Angeles is. So those are, those are Oscars so black categories, definitely. So my point is, is like I do see... I do see the issue, and uh, there are there are many many fantastic uh, African American black actors, uh, and they are underutilized. Yes. And oh, uh, this will require a little more explanation. But whenever I watch a black movie, I I shake my head at it because most black movies are so fucking dumb. Yes. Like they're just they're, the Tyler Perry movies. The Tyler Perry movies. Yeah. I mean, the ones that are supposed to be silly are fine, but the ones that are supposed to be dramatic yes. are usually like just fucking dumb. Like yeah. they're speaking to an audience that's ludicrous. Literally, could be yeah, rapper could ludicrous. be. Um, <laughs> I, there I think was, it actually is. Like uh, last people. year, yeah. I saw the movie and I, I'm drawing a blank on it. The the thriller movie. Yeah. With the uh, mm -hmm. Af the black Idris. girl. What is it? Idris is in it. He's the bad guy. Yeah, oh, he's no. awesome. The, the, oh, no, 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 that's the other one. Actually, they're both fantastic yeah. in it. The help, of course, was fantastic. But I, I that I believe is the bigger problem is most black movies are just fucking yeah. bad, Absolutely. and I don't know. I don't understand this, it's it. It's gonna, I've never understood it. I've, like I've never understood. Uh, it, what cracks me up is it goes back to like the sixties and seventies. By the way, that horror movie I was talking about was fantastic. I, I didn't finish that. Go on, go, go back. Go like back the black black exploitation. Of the, like the sixties and seventies, ironically, black people were involved with right. like, the production side. Right, it wasn't like whites going, "Oh, let's make money off of Blackula." It's like go look at like these kind of movies, and you're like, it's still black people, and it's almost like those movies are still being made because it's an easy target and it's easy money. Tyler Perry <clears throat> and those kind of like even his TV shows are horrific, but they make ungodly amounts of money because people are like, oh. We have to support such and such. And you're like, that's perfectly fine. But then there's a movie like Beast of No Nation. You you need to see this movie. And Did you watch did. it? Huh? Did you watch it? No. Yeah. Okay. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> so you're one no, of I mean, it's on Netflix. I mean, it's like, I don't. I, I watch. I don't have Netflix hooked up uh, to a TV. Oh, well, we got a screener. I, I watched the first. I, have, I still have 84 movies. You see. just brought me the Revenant today. It, it has happens. not even been open. Thank you. So the, the you brought me a sealed movies. copy of the Revenant yes. that the has Revenant. been sitting for yes. four months. No. Well, I don't know how long my dad had it. Well, he would have got it around Christmas. Absolutely. So, so what are we? We're in, we're in March. So yes. three months. That's what I'm talking about. There's so many movies that it's ridiculous. So 
uh, you bring up a good thing about or a good point about the black exploitation is those movies were made and they were ridiculous and they were silly and over the top. Yeah. And today I feel like because that that's kind of an enjoyed genre or people grow up watching yeah. that. Maybe that's maybe that's the point of reference is the yeah. black writers of today only have that as yeah. their Absolutely. you know, is what they that's grew what up I mean. with. That's not an okay movie no. to make in a serious movie. Absolutely. That's okay to make when you're making a funny like the Wayans brothers make some fantastic Absolutely. near black exploitation, I guess, or whatever. Silly. Well, purely, it's and pure. all of the Wayans brothers stuff has been fantastic, but it's comedy. Yeah, it's it's fun comedy and it works. They're going out perfectly. of their way to make fun of like their, everybody. When you make you know, so. a serious drama, it yeah. needs to be a serious drama. Yeah. And so that's the, I think that's the big and, and a lot of them aren't good at all i mean and, look at this year's greatest black movie was uh straight out of compton was written by a white guy yeah what the fuck yeah so i mean but that says a lot i mean that says a lot right there in that uh nobody saw spike lee's movie and i don't even think spike watched this movie exactly and then my dad came in like with another box of movies uh i would say about seven about six or six six weeks ago mm-hmm. five weeks ago not the revenant not this group um but a couple other ones. And he's like, what is Chirac? You know, what is this? <laughs> and I like, I just sat there, I go, dad, turn it around. That is a Spike Lee movie. And he's like, oh, it's a Spike Lee joint. I go, that's Spike Lee's movie this year. You know, every three or four years, he'll, you know, he'll bring out a movie. And you sit there and you're like, I enjoyed some Spike Lee movies back in the 80s. I don't know what's happened to him. I don't know what's happened. I mean, his politics and his mind, I think, are turned to mush. Um, I think that's Spike's biggest problem yeah. is... Uh, because he, even his speech, I mean, I don't know if you saw the, like, the Academy Award speech that, or whatever speech that he just did. Um, well, he didn't he, go to the Academy Awards. Yeah, he just did. He just did. A, he went on a rant, you know, right. about stuff. And you just sit there and you're like, "There's a time and place for certain things." That's an interview right. with Vanity Fair. Right. When you sit down with Vanity Fair for three weeks or four weeks or whatever, you get real personal and the tears flow and uh, whatever. But it's like when you're up on a stage, do what Leo did, just really quick. Real quick. Hey, by the way, you know, uh, I'm glad you brought Leo's speech. I mean, I know I'm like jumping all over the place, but there, there's a time and place for certain things. And there's a time and place for certain. Uh, no, because Idris is an amazing actor and he's black. He does not deserve an Academy Award nomination unless the movie's good, unless his part's good. He happened to have made several good choices the last few years. Um, He's made several good TV shows the last few years. And yet, when it comes to independent awards, British awards, international awards, you go to Toronto, you go to Sundance, you go to these other places, actors like Idris is all all over the place. Mm -hmm. And he's he's an absolute stunning actor. And then it comes down to the Academy Awards, and you're like, no, sorry, you're not good enough here. So that's, that's like where I actually... Uh, it kind of it, it kind of freaked me out, especially like that group, you know, of quote unquote best actors. Some of those movies didn't deserve anything, you know, and that's my own personal choice. But it's just like, uh, I don't know. It, it just it's it's pretty it's pretty hard for people that are working in this industry. And there's a lot of you know races. There's a lot of people out there doing this kind of stuff. And you see the big award show at the end of the year. This is the big award show. Millions and millions people people are going to watch. Right. Everybody's talking about it. And yet, again, wow, there's like 
one person here. There's one person there. And you're like, there's a lot of good stuff out there this year. And it just wasn't just black. I mean, there's, you know, there's some Asian stuff out there. There's some Hispanics out there. There are, you know, other movies out there that just don't, they don't get the time of day when it comes to a big show. Um, and yet, you know, sometimes, you know, then you look back at Tyler Perry and, and those kind of movies and, and like the scary movies, you know, you said the Wayans brothers, yeah. you know, 50 shades of whatever they just made 50 shades of black or yeah, whatever. something like that. 50 shades um, of gray. I think it is. Um, you, you sit there and you're like, wow, why would you do that? Why would you make this movie? And you're like, well, they're trying to make money. They have, they have to support themselves. They have to support their families. So they're going to go make a cheesy movie yeah. and it's going to make X amount of money. They know it. And then it kind of just take it to me. It just, it sets them back. You, know, you just sit there and you're like, Tyler, you were actually pretty damn good in uh gone girl. Take the fucking dress off and right. actually act. Yeah. Do something that you're actually, he was in something else. He was really good. in. Too. But it's like, but it's, but at the same time, it's like he, you know, he's doing this and you're just like, why are you doing this? And then, well, he has a business and yeah. uh, it's, you know, I don't, I mean, yeah, it is, it is fine. Out. I've, if if people want to make those silly movies and people want to go see them, I'm not saying don't do that. I right. have no problem with that. That's a money factor. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But at the end of the day, you can't expect Fifty Shades of Grey or Medea to be nominated for an Oscar. No, 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 if you want to be nominated for an Oscar, you have to make movies that are Oscar worthy. Yeah. Um, and Oscar worthy is usually really shitty movies or really fucking highbrow yeah. Uh, you know, teetotaling, we think we're British films. Yeah, yeah. And that may have something to do with the Hollywood foreign press preceding the Oscars. Yes. But, uh, it, and, you know, I mean, you're not going, what was a good, Star Wars was a good movie this year. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't nominated for Best Picture. Right. Uh, we have no idea how Mad Max made it through all of these blue hairs to actually get a nomination. Yeah, I don't absolutely. Know. Um, but there were a lot of good movies that happened this past year that didn't get nominated. Yeah. And you you don't have to just make a good movie. You have to make a good movie that is an – I mean, Brooklyn. Yeah. Brooklyn is a fucking Oscar movie, and Brooklyn is a worthless piece of shit. Yeah. Cast it with a bunch of black people. What do you get? The help. And you get a nomination. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Leo. Yes. Uh, I was – I liked Leo's speech. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I didn't like the reaction to Leo's no. speech. Everybody clapped like like yeah. Leo was the god. It was yeah. the first time Leo made this grand speech about how we all need to pay attention to the planet and climate change. And I was like, well, that's nice. But I also thought, who the fuck doesn't know that? Who, a lot of people, unfortunately. Who yeah. doesn't know that there's in a problem that, in that with particular the environment? Room, in that particular room, very few people. But here's but, yeah, here yeah, very few people. Here's what all those people fucking clapped and they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah oh, he, he said the right thing. But and people do that, but people don't do a fucking thing about right. the environment. They yeah. clap and they go, oh yeah, yeah, we need to take care of that. But then they go on living their lives. They make no fucking changes. Right. They do nothing about the environment. And what annoys me the most about the environment and this issue is. The biggest plague, I, the biggest plague on California's water and our water system is waste of food. Yeah. And the biggest plague on the planet and on that water system are fucking people. Yes. People absolutely. keep photocopying themselves. And the greatest cancer on this planet is humans, is, humans, yeah. is a fucking woman's womb, yeah. is 
you produce another child, right. okay, and each kid that comes into this, th there is no amount of electric cars, solar energy, water-saving shower heads, that, and fucking recycling that you can do that offsets that human Absolutely. being. Absolutely, yeah. That, like, people who... We are living longer than, you know, any generation before, like, any yes. generation. So instead of, like, you know, three or 400,000 people dying off a day like 20 years ago, now it's like 100,000 people a day, but there's like 110,000 babies. More there. born. Right. More born than die. So, yeah. Yeah. so the cancer keeps going. But the thing is, is each person, each person, I myself am a cancer on this planet. Yeah, now, I haven't, cho I've chosen not to duplicate myself. Right. So <laughs> someone who has duplicated themselves, yeah. I should have the right to just fucking use all the fossil fuels I want, just, you know, fucking throw shit in the in the street and yeah. just pollute the fuck out of this planet right. because no i can't do any i cannot contribute enough pollution to offset a new child absolutely so all these fucktards are sitting in that audience clapping and, yeah. yay go leo and they all have fucking kids most, yeah. well most of them have duplicated and, so, and they're causing kids. and they're fucking this planet up with that which comes to we're in election time right now the goddamn Republican Party and their whole fucking pro-life situation. And that is what's fucking up the planet. Like, yeah. let let people kill their but babies. It, but, like, I'll take that one step further. Like, what you're trying to say is, like, you know, don't kill your baby, but we're not going to give a shit once that baby's born. So it's like a double whammy of... Well, the, the Republican cancer. Party, yeah. You know, double whammy. We don't want to give cancer. you welfare, but we don't no, want no, you to kill it. We're, we're not going to do anything for you, right. ever. And ever. We're gonna and we're going to take anything that but you we do. We can't make. let you kill it. But up until those four, you know three or four months or whatever, you know you're you're going you're going to burn in hell if you you know abort or whatever. Now I will give it to Leo. He doesn't have any kids. He hasn't had any oh, kids no, up to this point. Yeah, no. However, recently Leo said it was asked about it, and his statement was, "If it happens, it happens." Right. Which means that Leo might be considering having children. Mm. So you know he'd be adding to the plague of the planet. <laughs> uh Anyway, uh, so back to the Oscars. Yes. The, the winner this year's best picture yes. was... Spotlight. Spotlight. Such a fantastic film. Which I actually, I think we when we talked about it, I thought Revenant and Mad Max were going to screw each other over, which I think they did, and Spotlight came in. I think that's what happened. That, that happens a lot. And in other words, people, when people are voting for these awards, just like any awards, any, any, any awards... 100 people are going to vote for Vince, 100 people are going to vote for Martin. We cancel each other out and the third, you know, the third place winner, he actually or she actually wins. I think the spotlight was is that thing. Everybody was voting for the Revenant or for Mad Max and it canceled each other out. And it was just like, well, I don't know what should I should vote for. What should I do? What should I do? And you're like, "Oh, let's make let's Yeah, you're the, you're saying like Let's vote for the thing that, you know, is is saying something. Yeah. And you're like Mad Max is saying something. Our world is fucked. The uh, you know, you're, you're like, the situation of like uh, if Trump were to go independent, it would just dilute the Republican vote. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and because a lot of the Democrats would, like, would automatically mm, win. Don't so, they, they, you either don't vote or you're going to you know switch. So by vote. having two good candidates, the mediocre candidate won. Usually, yes. <laughs> yeah, and it does. I mean, it, it does. There it might does be have... some truth to that. That's an no, interesting look, way look, to look crash. at it. Everybody's going on and on about Brokeback Mountain and one other movie. I forgot that year. Somehow, Crash wins, and you're just like, really? Yeah, Crash. 
crash. And you a, just sit there and you're like, what the fuck happened? You're like, well, I people, think, people didn't want to vote, you know, for Brokeback Mountain. They didn't want to vote for the other movie. So we're like, we'll play it safe and vote for Crash. And then you sit there and you're like, how the fuck did Crash win? And you're like, that's how it won. And no offense to Crash, no offense to Spotlight. I think Spotlight, uh, you know, it, it deserves some awards. It deserves recognition. It's a horrifying story, but at this, but at the end of the day, in ten in ten years, people are going to look back and go, uh, "Why didn't Mad Max win? Or why didn't Revenant win?" Well, yeah, that's the situation. You know, with and like, that happens a lot. The what did the was Godfather the one that was beaten out? No, Godfather one and two won. Okay, Godfather three lost. It was. Uh, supporting actor for godfather uh bald guy from the judge his name's skipping me right now he didn't win oh oh robert duvall robert duvall yeah, yeah robert duvall got skipped up yeah. uh for that and the the winners are uh silly yeah i mean sometimes it happens but you're just like mm, okay. crash i think is the year that i gave up i, I yeah, guess we gave up on the oscars i lost it, faith in the yeah. oscar i realized that uh this was a group of people who uh, just voted on their own award and it had no bearing on the rest of the population in order to have a bearing on me. And like, it was just a silly award show. Yeah. Um, the thing about crash is, is it, I remember before crash was nominated for an award, I saw it and I thought it was a terrible movie. Yeah. Um, I thought, had, I thought in the movie theater because my dad was just like, Oh, some of his friends, you know, Oh, they loved it. Go, you know, go see it. And my dad couldn't make it, so I went and saw it, you know. And I was just like, it's literally a TV movie of the week with language. That's all it was. Just like Spotlight. It's literally, this is old school, 70s or 80s. Back in the 70s and 80s, like, ABC would make a movie of the week, you know. And this is what it was. And all of a sudden, they said the F word. And they had controversy because they were beating a black person, you know, the cops. And you're like, this is on the news everywhere. This isn't just L.A. This is everywhere in the world, let alone everywhere in the States. Like, there's nothing new in this movie. It's literally just a big commercial for a TV, you know, TV movie of the week. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing in that movie that was new or exciting or different or interesting at all. Like, I just saw it and I was like, I just wasted two and a half hours of my life. Well, I think I, I disagree I just, with you. They, they, they were, was, it was new because it was stupid. They missed Oh, that, okay. Well, yeah. That, yeah. That. Like, uh, Matt Dillon pulls over Terrence Howard, and I forget who the girl is. Uh, I think it was Zoe. I think. Is it Zoe? Yeah. Uh, black uh, husband and wife. I think they're husband and wife. Yeah. yeah. Black husband and wife, and uh, uh, Matt Dillon, white cop, pulls them over and feels up the wife. Right. And later on, she is pissed off at her husband for not doing anything about right. it. And I thought I just couldn't buy into it. I'm like, there was, yeah, they're right there. There like, were two cops, two white cops with guns and Billy two any sticks. cops. Wait, yeah. two any cops. Two any cops. But there were two white cops right. with guns and Billy <laughs> sticks pulling you guys over. What the fuck did you? You wanted your husband. You wanted Ter- Terrence Howard to do something about it and then get shot and right. killed. Rodney King in the yeah. in the middle of the street right there. Yeah. Like, should the cops have done that? No. But no. her taking her anger out yeah. at her husband, I thought was. Uh, completely the wrong thing to do you take it out on the not cops. only the wrong thing yeah. i just thought it wasn't believable no, i didn't absolutely. think that there was a a rash uh, that there was a black woman that irrational that would blame their husband right like yeah. i could oh, see her being mad at the system right. 
and be upset about what had happened, but at her husband, yeah. I don't think it just isn't going to happen. And it kind of like just snowballed from there. You're just yeah. like, really? It's really? not like the neighbor really? came over and was feeling her up right. and her husband didn't do anything about it. Yeah. It was the fucking police with yeah. guns. So that was the point where I'm like, this is ridiculous. Uh, Terrence Howard also plays a film director in Hollywood. Mm. One of Tony Danza's best performances ever is in that movie. He plays a producer, a, a Shit, sort of a racist producer. Yeah, okay. fantastic. Stands out. Uh, but they, he, I think it's Tony Danzi comes to Terrence Howard and, uh, they're directing a black guy and Tony Danza tells them that they need to make him more black, like right. more thug or okay. whatever. And Terrence Howard gets upset about that. And I'm like, movies are about stereotypes. Yeah. That's exactly what movies are. Mm-hmm. Like if you have a thin racial skin, you shouldn't be making movies yeah. because we need them to be more jive, more black, more honky, more cracker, more fucking Asian. Yeah. You know, the Asian dude it or, or woman is going to be a bad driver. Right. That's what movies are. They're stereotypes. Yeah. So I'm like, there's no director that would be offended by this. No. But the one, <laughs> the one part in that movie that I fucking really gave up on, Brendan Fraser, and it's amazing. You remember the bad movies clearly, and yeah. I fucking can't remember the good movies at all. <laughs> Brendan Fraser and Sandra Bullock are husband and wife. Yes. He is a politician. She's been a politician's wife her entire life. I think he's trying to be mayor of, uh, of uh, L.A. or something. And there are Mexicans installing an alarm system and replacing the locks, the locksmith in, her, in their house. And she is openly talking about uh, that basically these beaners are going to steal from us. Right. And I'm like, there's no politician's wife that would speak this way publicly. Right. Maybe privately in person, but she's not going to speak this way in front of the help. There's right. no fucking way. She's right. a politician's wife. Yeah. She may feel this way, fine, but she's not speaking. Regardless of social media at that particular time, that story would get out. And, and, she, and yeah, he would, he would not have a job. And he would be voted out or, you know. When you are prejudiced, even the, uh, for the most part, even the most prejudiced person in the world, yeah. uh, you know, when the, when the black person or the Mexican is bringing you your food or mowing right. your lawn or changing, yeah. installing an alarm, that isn't the point where no. you start saying shit about them no. because they're going to fuck your shit up. Absolutely. So most people are like, I got to keep my mouth shut. Yep. So those are the things about yeah. crash. That's what like, I mean. Like every, every sequence, every scene, every side story and like main story or whatever was so just over the top. Now, Crash that year was against Brokeback Mountain, Capote, which is a movie you never never watched. Come on, you never watch that again. Good Night, Good Luck. But the movie that probably should have won that year uh, was Munich. Yeah, oh, Munich. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I could see, I I could see see, it being between Munich and Brokeback Mountain. That that was the thing. Crash ended up people. People were voting Munich or in their brain. You know, should we go for Munich? Should we go for Brokeback Mountain? And then all of a sudden, Crash went, and you're just like, what? Because like I even remember like the reaction of like even the the audience was just like, what? You know, it was just it was kind of out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So, and again, I mean, absolute no disrespect to Spotlight. I think Spotlight is a good. It's a well made Spotlight's film. an after school special. Spotlight's but, okay. Yeah, but you just sit there and you're like, okay, any yet again, anybody could have been in this movie. Yeah, I don't care about the people in it because like everybody's ranting and raving like. Oh, Mark Ruffalo, and oh, you know, it was all these okay. people, and you're like, anybody could have done that role. And I love Mark Ruffalo. I, I love mean, Mark I Ruffalo, he, too. Oh, but... my God, I love him. I love Rachel McAdams, and you're like, yep. anybody could have done that role. I liked There's all the people that were in it. nothing specific. There's nothing great about that particular role because it is a soapbox speech 
from the director and the writer. Anybody could have done it. And then you just sit there and you're like, I haven't seen The Revenant. I don't think that many people could do The Revenant. You know, to sit there in four months or five months out in the middle of nowhere. I don't I don't know, like Charlize Theron, I don't know that many people that would want to go to the desert for four months and have prosthetics and makeup and all that shit done to you for four or five months, 12 hours. You know, there, there's a lot going on there. There's a lot of acting going on there. Yeah, but that's more of the and, award for best actor. No, 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 so no but, but at the same time, it's, it's not George Miller through that entire movie was to me was never honest, you know, his little soapbox, you know, speech. You see that movie and you're like, yeah, women are treated like shit even in the future. Yeah. Um, oh, humans are killing themselves and, you know, nobody seems to get that part of the story. That it's just like it's the, you know, the apocalypse. It's the end of the world. And you're like, how did we get there? What you were just talking about. You know, humans did that. We did this to the, ourselves. Really, the best picture should be, I, I mean, we talked about this before, that maybe the best picture should be the movie that everybody enjoyed and it was the best picture of the year, the one that everyone enjoyed. But maybe it should be the most, you know, remarkable yeah. or the most advanced feat or something, which then might have landed in the uh, hands of uh, Ex Machina. Which yeah. did win for visual effects. Which was an absolute shocker. It was shut out. Even those guys. Even it, those guys were just like, holy shit, we just won. Yeah, it they was shut out of that. the visual effects awards. Yeah. Like, it didn't even get nominated yeah. for any VFX awards in the visual effects yeah. uh, 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 award ceremony or whatever that has nothing to do with the Oscars. Yeah. But yet it wins the VFX for the Oscars. Yeah. Uh, I read a thing where people, the they think that, Part of that has to do with uh, Alicia Vikander or whatever and uh, how likable she is mm-hmm. and how fantastic of her performance is. Her performance Which is then made the visual effects, you know, that more. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that movie was made for 15 million bucks. Yeah. They didn't green Tiny screen. Movie. They Tiny did movie. motion tracking. Like and, nothing. Three, you know, three actors. Yeah. It's three a very small a movie. Very. I was uh, talking to uh, Michael about it. Uh, uh, I, I might have mentioned it to you. Ex Machina could have been made it was an indie film but it could have been made on an indie level at like a yeah. $15,000 movie yeah. like i could do i could do a believable version of those effects on my home computer right would they be as good as no. the team did no. no but would the audience buy it and be totally happy with it and Maybe. not go no. oh that looks so fake and could i have made an a $15,000 version of ex machina that prior to Ex Machina would have been fantastic and then the Hollywood would have bought it and turned it into the you know they would have spent 150 million dollars and turned it into <laughs> and a shitty Ex Machina. Yeah. But uh but I I think I mean that's that movie and that story is probably the uh coolest thing out of the Oscars because yeah. the you know 15 little 15 million dollar movie one. Did you uh did you see um God, uh Louis CK's uh yeah. short um his speech about that that was fucking awesome uh this is the oscar that matters this oscar's going home in a honda civic absolutely (laughs) like like this is gonna be great it's funny that who actually won it's her second oscar second oscar and she's (laughs) like a multimillionaire. yeah but just so like that was kind of that that was actually kind of funny too when he was just like oh well Right. It was like proven wrong in like, you know, just saying the name. Right. Another but, rich white person. When, she wasn't white. Yeah. But another rich fucking non-black person yeah. wins an Oscar. Yeah. It was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was true that that is the Oscar that like we always fast forward because we don't see the shorts and who gives a shit and whatever. Right. But that's the Oscar that means oh my so God. much. It's ridiculous like, how much. Like and, you know, and, and it's like I'll watch those just because I'm like never even heard of them. 
now I actually want to watch the movie, you know, maybe from the speech or just even like the little snippet, the trailers, you know, they make it, you know, mm-hmm. and you're just like, well, it's only like 12 minutes long. So why wouldn't I watch it? Yeah. It's just you know, hard that, to that find those 12 minutes. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's hard to find the movies. I mean, thankfully my dad, you know, they send, they send it. So it's right. Like I, I have well, you don't get there. the shorts and that's yeah. kind of, you do actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. It's like, I didn't know that they actually send that stuff. And it's like the last four or five years they've been actually sending all of them together oh you don't bring them over here no i just i just i just got them i just i just i'm got so them. sorry i'm so you know i'm so sorry that i didn't bring them over um uh let's there, see no, there's a bunch of movies that he brought over there's a bunch of stuff that you know i haven't seen so oh this year's oscars i liked how they listed the uh thanks on the screen that so was interesting people that, didn't that have was, to that was kind of every name you know yeah that and was a good way to do it names aren't skipped that way yeah uh, I still skipped, fast-forwarded through every single music performance. Um, uh, I didn't for Lady Gaga for the the reason what the song was about, and that yeah. was actually pretty touching. That was pretty good. Everybody says that. I didn't care. I was like, well, I know because you're just like most people. You don't give a shit about rape. So, I mean, I looked at I, as I was fast-forwarding, I looked at the people on stage, and immediately by looking at them and the way they were dressed, they probably deserved it. Of course. Um, no, I just I don't. That was Vince saying that, by the way. For the most part, I don't care about uh, that. Became a political statement. I didn't give a shit about the political, you know. Um, but what one for best picture? Oh, political statement. Okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, so I skipped all the music performances. They always annoy me because it's not the fucking Grammys. It's not yeah. the Music Choice Awards. It's the Oscars. And it's funny too. And it's funny too. I'll I'll take you one second here on the music shit. What really, really, really fucking upset me, and I actually bring this out every year to people, what kills me, and this was on last night, I actually watched, you know, some of it, Slumdog Millionaire, mm-hmm. where the mu- the musician in Slumdog Millionaire, a, mm-hmm. was like A.J. Harmon or A.R. Harmon or whoever did the music for, uh, for Slumdog Millionaire, uh-huh. he is the biggest selling musician in the world, the biggest selling producer in the world, because okay. he's Indian. Okay. They, you know, it's like he'll he'll literally record a fart and he'll sell 12 million copies. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So here we go to that particular Oscar when Slumdog Millionaire, you know, finally won. Danny mm-hmm. Boyle, you know, won mm-hmm. and everything. Go back to that particular year. Every single performer got the full song, mm-hmm. got the full performance. He comes out and they cut it down to, you have to play, he had two songs in mm-hmm. uh, for Academy Awards. He had to play both of them at the same time and they were both the radio, like they were both cut. Mm. And you're like, so there's no racism there. There's nothing going on here that's really odd. Lady Gaga can talk, you know, can sing for seven minutes. Mm-hmm. And you look at the lyrics of that song, and it's literally two verses, which is perfectly fine because I think there's a statement behind that. But it is funny that an Indian comes on stage. Oh, by the way, you only have two minutes to do your nine-minute song. Right. And you're like, but, but, but what the fuck? And you're like, there you go. Right. You know, and, then, and then that kind of stuff you know, pops up, too. So, like, if you're going to perform the song, if you're going to let these people perform, then let them perform, you know, and do the whole fucking song. I just, that kind of stuff has always driven me crazy. And yet again, it isn't the Grammys. I understand that they want the big name people. They're going to, you know, Lady Gaga and the guy who won or whatever are going to attract new people. And then you're like, no, they actually won't. Because all those people will do is YouTube it or just see it on social media somewhere. Because both of those songs are all over the internet. Mm-hmm. So somebody's not going to watch a four-hour program to see a four-minute song anyway. 
So it's like you sit there and you're like, yeah, that's a diehard fan. That's not a new fan. No. So yeah. it's just like a new fan is not going to sit there and go, oh, when's so and so going to sing? They don't give a shit. Right. They will wait to see it at the end of the you know, now, show. Now, twenty years online. ago, when you couldn't fast forward, there weren't. Well, you had to go a little further for no VCRs. Yeah. But when you actually had to plop down and watch this thing for you know three and a half hours with your family, then yeah, you saw performances that you weren't going to. You know, otherwise, see. and even though, and what's funny is like back then the shows weren't that long. But the only people who watch, oh bullshit! There was either in the eighties, there was like a five no, 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 hour no, 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 Oscar. No, I'm like talking like the six, no, sixties and seventies. Oh, that's where way, it was like, that's more. Than but they were years. just like in some hotel, and they're just like, and the winner is uh, you, and the winner is and you, and it was just like the speeches went on, you know, a little bit longer, but there weren't twelve hours of commercials, and you know, a lot of there's a, you just a lot of empty spots, and you're just like, really, that actually went there. It's funny. I made a reference to twenty years ago, and you, you immediately thought and of the sixties as if that's what I was talking about. Yeah. There's a line in uh, like two weeks ago in the TV show The Middle, where uh, the mother. It doesn't matter, but the the mother is like, uh, "When were the eighties? That wasn't that long ago." And the father's like, "It was forty years ago." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you go, "Oh my god!" Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, along the lines of political statements, though, yes. uh, Mr. J.K. Simmons. J.K. was the man. And why? Our listeners have no idea why. Because he was wearing a Sunshine Kid pin. And what? Sunshine Kids are, uh, that's the organization that my dad works for, <laughs> that Michael Hutchinson and myself have volunteered for for over 25 years. And it's, uh, it's a nonprofit organization with, uh, for kids that have cancer. And um, for him to do that, it was just, you know. It was fucking unbelievable. It is most. It was uh, unbelievable. It was sun- unbelievably good the, that he did that. The Sunshine Kids is most uh, commonly and incorrectly compared to Make a Wish. Absolutely. I mean, the, the second you start talking about you know kids with cancer, people immediately go to Make a Wish, and it's just like it's eerily similar to that world uh, that you're helping kids with cancer, and that's about as far as it goes. Because uh, Sunshine Kids isn't necessarily helping kids who are dying. Uh, they, they're dying, but at the same time, it's not one kid at a time. There's not a list. It's not uh, Make a Wish is completely different. But some in of that. Uh, Sunshine Kids go into remission and come out of it. They don't. They're not all dying. Uh, about eighty uh, percent don't make it. Well, okay, so fine, it's, it's, but you know, no, no, I know. no, no good news for twenty percent. Oscar So White was only twelve yeah. percent. I mean, come on, man. But no, but it, but at the same time, it's it's. Most of the most people that have um, the, the the kind of cancers that they have, you know, most people actually unfortunately don't survive. Uh, the whole point of the Sunshine Kids was to get those kind of kids out of the hospitals, out of uh, their houses, out of their uh, bleak, you know, whatever the fuck they're going through, you know, bullshit. Um, to get them with other kids, to get them out of the house, to get them to Disneyland, to get them uh, to go to the beach for the first time, to to get to, them to forget, uh, you know, get them out. But at the same time, to live like like everybody else. Yeah, and, but at the same time, to introduce them to other kids that are going through the same thing, um, and to know that they're not alone, that kind of stuff. So it's like that's the great thing, and people like J.K. Simmons, you know, uh, you just jump on board. It's like when my dad was doing the closer, now major crimes. Um, JK, uh, Kira Sidgwick and Kevin Bacon did a bunch of stuff and, uh, they've actually, you know, raised money and they've done a lot of like the awareness kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's awesome about JK is like, you go, you, you go to that stage, that presence out there. Um, 
he got asked a lot of questions about the pin, which yeah, is it's great a, because it, it was a straight black suit, I mean, tuxedo and everything, and just the pin just like was sitting it's there. It's a bright so, yellow, uh, about sun, one yeah, inch sunshine. sunshine. Yeah. It's a bright so yellow So a lot of sunshine. people must have where, asked him. Right. Where most people would wear a, uh, a USA flag or something like that. Or for he, like breast cancer. Yeah. You know, a you breast ribbon cancer ribbon. Or, he had this. Know, big sunshine yeah. and like you say it stood out uh it was very visible and oh, yeah. you know very much there yeah. and uh yeah people and he was making a statement he was actually that wasn't just support it was hey look i'm not wearing an actual flag or totally you know like uh, uh, yeah he doesn't give a shit about breast you know, cancer the... or america he just cares about the sunshine <laughs> absolutely right yeah would have been awesome it was like i don't know i just thought it was cute i don't know what it no, is no i don't, I don't think you that route because they actually <laughs> Uh, we have in Los Angeles, there's, a, you know, the big trip here in Los Angeles, uh, getting about 35, 40 kids a year. No, um, they, they it don't always, know. It so, always ends at the J.K. Simmons house. So here in L.A., they do it a week or two weeks. Week. A week trip where kids from all over the U.S. are brought here who have cancer and they spend a week here. And they get to do some extraordinary things. Uh, like when uh, Michael Jackson was around, they got to visit the Neverland Ranch. I was there. Um, you were at the Neverland Ranch. It was very strange. Uh, they get to do stuff. They never got to visit the Playboy Mansion, which is probably a bummer for the 16, 17-year-old like cancer but, boys. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they, they get to do really cool things like that but behind it, yeah. the scenes. But at the same time, Plus, it, they go to Universal Studios, yeah. and they have you know lunch at J.K. Simmons' house. Right? Yeah. But it's, it's just weird when you, when you think about what, whatever's going on in your life. How many people in this country actually go to the beach? You know, it's like you could really think about it. Not that many people. They have to make huge trips. They have to actually make a planned vacation kind of thing or whatever. We go to the beach for the day, and it's just like every single year out of like the 35, 40 kids, whatever we have, like 10 of them have never been to the beach. Right. You know, and you're like, holy shit. you just like certain things you take for granted anyway. Then you're like, oh, my God. And we're like an hour from Disneyland. We're mm-hmm. 20 minutes from Universal, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like JK and like Hollywood or whatever is right there. You know, it's just certain things that we're not just take for granted. We're just like, eh. Whenever uh, friends or people visit from out of state and they've never been in California before, the beach is a destination. And I'm like, I'm always like, I know it's dorky and take your shoes off, put your toes in the water. You got to do it. You have to, well, and then yeah. they're like, are you going to do it? I'm like, fuck no. no I know what's in that too, water. Well, and it's too damn cold. It's just like, you know, it is too not, damn cold. You know, we're, you know, it's like an hour, about two hours south. It's, you know, decent. But the, the reason on the East Coast, they don't take the beach for granted as much as we do. No. But the reason is, is if you look at google maps over yeah. southern california there's the a pool thing. every five feet everybody i have yeah. a fucking pool yeah i mean it, you know talk about gluttonous and environmental i have twenty thousand gallons of water in my backyard right um and so does both my neighbors on either side of me yeah. so we're so gluttonous that we couldn't even build a pool between the three of us and share, and share. we all need our own right um, on the East Coast, houses don't have pools. No. They don't put them in because they freeze and it's a pain in the ass and all that. So when the summer comes, they have the beach. Yeah. Uh, so that's why we take you know the Pacific Ocean for granted. But uh, anyway, yeah, J.K. Yeah. wore the pin and came out, a, and that was, was uh, that was that was that was a pretty awesome thing. Um, cool. And, and speak about low budget movies. Uh, I think it was an obvious choice for what you know Brie Larson did in the room. But I'm very thankful for watching that movie. I'm glad that you mentioned to definitely see the movie. A movie that costs nothing. Literally, like, no money was put into that movie. And it won a major award. So you're just like... So sometimes the Oscars do actually... Room? What are we talking about? Room. Brie Larson. Oh, she, okay. She won. 
Yeah, she won. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You didn't. What, I recommended for you yeah. to watch that. You didn't watch that. You weren't going to watch that. Well, I was going to. You know, oh, I pushed it. I pushed you're it like, to. You're uh, like you have to see this and uh, the cancer. You know, Earl and Earl and the Dying Girl. Earl yeah. and the Dying Girl. Um, but you were just like, no, you need to see these movies. You need to see these movies. So it was just like, okay, cool. So again, you know, it's like you know the power of uh, film and the power of you know the Oscars. It's like, well, movies you never heard of or movies you're like, oh, I saw a trailer for that and. I'll get around to seeing it. You're like, no, I actually saw it. It was, you know, pretty damn good. Speaking so. speaking of little indie films, uh, Deadpool. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I'm not even joking. I yes. mean, it was made for $58 million. Nothing. Like $50 million, but Yeah, nothing. Nothing as, as Hollywood standards. No. And the thing is going to make over a billion yeah. by the time it's done. Yeah. And, I mean, it's, it's killing Star Wars numbers yeah. and records and... And it's a fucking R-rated film. Yeah. Like, it is an R-rated February release. Like, yeah. what an anomaly. Like, what a, what a little indie film success Absolutely. story. Yeah, it's crazy to sit there and you, sit, you see this movie. And it is so funny because, like, throughout the whole movie, um, Ryan Reynolds just is constantly making fun of 20th century. You know, he's making fun of his own people. You're like, Wow. I wasn't in that He's movie. Or fun wow. of everything. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> but it's just like you know they don't even have other X Men in this movie. We get you know two characters. Oh, we couldn't knows. afford. Yeah, we couldn't you know, afford. They couldn't anything afford Wolverine. Yeah. You couldn't afford one person for one scene. And right. Even at the end, I mean, no spoiler. I'm assuming most of you people have seen it or go fucking see it. Even at the end, you know there isn't the typical usual uh, trailer for the next big you know movie. No, it's like a, you know it's kind of like another Ferris, fuck you. There's a Ferris Bueller bit, but it's like another fuck you like. They don't care about this movie, you know, kind of, you know, attitude. And it's just like, it was, I think the whole movie was fucking brilliant. But then, yeah, you sit there and you're like, wow, the, X, the X-Men movie that's coming out this year, they said it was like, what, $240 million? Yeah, I don't know. Something no, I mean, that's like the, the final yeah. the final tally was like, it's going to be, it's a $240 million movie. Mm-hmm. And then you just sit there and you're like, wow, Deadpool was made for about $60 million bucks. And you're like, that's mm-hmm. a lot of money. You're like, no. Two hundred and forty yeah. million dollars went into a different two-hour movie, and you're just like, yeah. I mean, it's it is uh, an independent, it is yeah, an independent, a little independent indie, type, small little film you know, type of movie because you're just like, holy shit, you know. But the truth things. be told, I mean, a, a studio, you come to a studio and you're like, we're going to make an R-rated superhero movie. Yeah, yeah fuck you. Yeah, I'm not. We're not putting any money yeah. behind this. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. I mean, we'll do it because Ryan Reynolds and I forgot who the. Uh, there was another big writer or something involved, but um, yeah, I mean that's just a loser altogether yeah. on paper. It sounds and it's like. coming out in February where they just drop yeah. movies, you know, January February. Uh, the so, silly yeah. thing that I heard from this is because the the success of the R rated oh Deadpool, we're going to get an R rated Batman versus yeah. Superman. Yeah. So studio execs, this yeah. is the whole three D thing. Yeah. Some fucking white moron, fucking blue hair idiot. Is sitting in his suit on a behind a fucking Coca Cola desk and is like, "R rated movies, that's the ticket. Yep. Let's make an R rated movie of that of of this uh this superhero movie we got coming up. What is it, Batman? Super? Yeah, 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 that. Yeah, make it R rated and we'll release it. And it'll do billions. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you fucking idiots. That's no. not no. There's a, there's a very strong there's a reason why Deadpool is doing that. Now it's going to add to the box office of Batman and Superman, just like when a 3D version and a regular version of 
you know, all the other movies that yeah. were being converted at the time. Now, oh, yeah, we made a 3D pan- Kung Fu Panda. It did more because people wanted to go see the two versions and see right. what it was like. Um, so it's but gonna, at the same time, but it's not going to justify glasses, it. You know, the, the glasses justify $8 more at the box office right. when it doesn't cost them shit. And, and you don't even keep the glasses. Is an so that's all- a, the other thing that fucking always killed me about 3D. Is an like R rating say, going to no, you know fucking no. demand more movie no. and more money at a box office? No, but it, it's not going to do it's not going to do anything. Uh, now for like a Wolverine, like the next Wolverine story they're talking about possible rated R, that would make sense only because it should. It, it the the other two movies I like the Wolverine story and everything, mm-hmm. but it's a very 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 violent you know story. Mm-hmm. It's a violent based comic book. And they watered the fuck out of it. I mean, talk about right. watered down. It was just like, holy shit, this is thin as fucking, you know, a piece of paper. Um, and I don't even read the comic books. I'm not a comic per- person. I'm not like the nerd or anything like that. It is just purely word of mouth of like other people that I know that are nerds that are into this kind of stuff. I think that's why they were ecstatic and, you know, oh, finally, you know, Deadpool, finally an actual one of these characters is going to say what every uh, all the other characters have been saying. You know, Stanley's been doing this for years, but nobody's putting this in the actual movie because they're afraid that R, you know, R-rated. And it's right. Actual actual comic books are much edgier. Oh my god, they're than, insane. Yeah, yeah then what? And it's so, it's so funny because like Walking Dead to go to TV, I was just gonna say to yeah. go to television. Obviously, this is more about movies and everything, but go to television and it's like Walking Dead. What AMC that that TV station is getting away with is remarkable. But even like Robert Kurtzman and like those people and Scott Gimple, they're talking about they're like, um, yeah, we're putting like three percent of one of the comic books in the show, yeah, because the the comic book is so over the top, fucking crazy, right? You know, and with the cussing and with this, it's a comic book. It's a comic book mm-hmm. world. It is literally, absolutely pure insanity. Because um, I mean, obviously, if you think about it, you know, zombies walking around. It's like that's what makes it so great. But yeah, it's like the TV show, not nothing close, nothing even close to it. Um, and if they made like a Walking Dead movie, obviously you would think, oh, it should be rated R. And you're like, well, it's on TV right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sunday Night Show, you know, they threw out like two curse words and same with, you know, uh, Better Call Saul or whatever. You know, so AMC is oh, even yeah. pushing that button in that they're trying to make the characters just, you know, very realistic because you're not going to say, oh, darn, you know, with zombies chasing you. Right. You know, you're not going to go. You know, the, the language and even is is pushing limits. Um, but it's like, yeah, these, these comic books are fucking crazy. Like I, I looked at a couple and you're just like, whoa, you know, it's pretty insane. Mm -hmm. How are they going to do that for television? And it's like, well, they're, they're touching the surface. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Deadpool, like a sequel. God only knows what the sequels. Absolutely. God only knows what the hell is going to go on in that sequel. The, uh, in, in a previous podcast we talked about, or I talked about, uh, um, the District Nine uh, Chappie movie, yeah, Chappie. where I said it was here. Here we had a kids' story that yeah. they threw a bunch of yeah. curse words yeah. in, and it made no sense. Right. And I was I thought about that while watching Deadpool because uh, it's a superhero story, so mm-hmm. we tend to think about these, think of these along the lines as being kids' story. Yeah. And there's a bunch of curse words and blood and uh, some nudity. Mm-hmm. Actually, they didn't have as much nudity as I expected. Giving well, its, they threw it all in that one scene, basically, to make it really... You know, well, you like sort of see his dick in a scene. No, no, no but like the, the strip club. The strip club. Yeah. yeah, you see it in the strip club, and it's just an isolated scene. And even uh, the girl, his uh, girlfriend, she covers her breasts. Which is she, hilarious. Which is weird. Because in Homeland, like, she's basically naked through that whole show. So and, you're just like... 
She's already gone that route on a TV show, but for a big movie, let's the odd the, so, and yeah. you see Ryan Reynolds' dick. Yeah, and the oddity is is like in this movie, language is at a nine. Oh yeah, uh, violence is at a nine. Nudity is at a three. Yeah. Given that it's an R-rated movie, yeah. I mean, it's way more. You know, it would be at a ten if it was a G-rated movie. Nudity <laughs> would be through the roof. You'd be like, "Where well, is out of place?" <laughs> but uh, anyway, I I thought about Chappie and how they, you know, kind of have whatever, maybe a more adolescent story. And this is this crazy, vulgar, over the top. But the thing is, is like Deadpool just commits. Yeah, it's not like a movie that just has curse words right. in it. It is vulgar. Yeah. Like the movie is the, the, the kills are vulgar, absurd. The nudity is vulgar. The attitudes are vulgar. Yeah, absolutely. The, like it is just this over the top crazy. Like we pulled no punches. Yeah. Um, and that's what makes the movie work. Absolutely. Like it's a full commitment to just being like Ryan, exactly Ryan, what it is. Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, when he rewrote like, the 90% of the stuff that he did and everything. I think that's what he was saying. He was actually that talk about a soapbox. It was like, fuck it. We're going for it. We're doing this. Yeah. And like, if we're going to make an R, if we're going to make this, we're making it. Mm -hmm. And it, yeah, it's definitely over the top and everything, but it works. And that's where Chappie fails. And then you look at other movies that throw out the R rating by saying the F word twice. Mm -hmm. And you're like, yeah. Um, why was this rated R? You're not going to get, you know, your audience, you would have actually done better, you know, uh, right. uh, financially by throwing down the PG thirteen mm-hmm. by actually switching up, you know, the tone because the tone of that movie. If I, I still haven't seen the whole thing. I saw about ten or fifteen minutes of it. I won't see no, it. Chappy. Yeah. Um. Again, for personal reasons, you know, I've seen Short Circuit because my dad's in it. Um. I don't need to see any more. Um. But the tone is off. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like by that tone by Deadpool, you get the tone of the movie three seconds into the movie. Right. You just like. This is not for kids. This is for a very small audience. But then it just it turns like, out to be an enormous no, audience. <laughs> but then all of those people are like telling their friend, you know, like the word right, of mouth right. was like fucking just wildfire, mm-hmm. which doesn't happen much that much no. anymore for movies. It's like, like uh, everybody's going to see. It's Star like Wars. my big fat Greek wedding. Yeah, it's everybody's made for a small audience, but no all, you know, yeah. no one's going to go. Oh no, you really need to see Star Wars. Yeah, right. like, I've already seen it twice, dude. You know, so like you know, it's like that kind of stuff. But I think that tone and Deadpool. It was just like, boom, okay, it works. Mm-hmm. And the social media and the phones and the text messages must have been going through the roof for people. You're like, no, you have to see this movie. Mm-hmm. And, like, literally, it's building, building. And it's like, what, number one for three or four weeks. Like, what the fuck? Right. Like, that doesn't even make sense, especially when big movies came out, you know, or more or dropped, you know, because of, you know, February, March, you know, films usually aren't big movies. But, uh, like, this weekend, like, you know, they're talking, like, Zootopia. Oh, Zootopia is going to take out Deadpool. And you're like... You never know. I mean, it could, but at the same time, Deadpool's been out now for, what, a month? Right. And it's still going to probably draw $25, 30 $40 dollars yet again, strictly on word of mouth. Let, let alone, I think it's an awesome movie. Um, it set a tone for the rest of the year for me. It's like, you got to fucking step up because Deadpool was fucking fun. Now, on and the f- Deadpool was fucking good. And the- you're like, you got to make some good stuff. On the flip side of that, speaking of good movies, yes. uh, $150 million was invested in a fantastic film called The Gods of Egypt. Oh, yeah. There you I'm go. sure you're running out to no. see that. No. I don't no. know what its opening weekend was. I could look. Uh, it was predicted to be $30 million. Box office um, mojo, probably minus $20 million. I don't know. Uh, the first time I saw an actual trailer for that, 
I thought, seriously, dude, I thought it was a commercial. <laughs> it's not that bad, doesn't it? Well, no, but I thought it was a commercial, like, uh, one of those, like, making fun of something. And they were, you know, it's like for Viagra or for some pill or something. Gods of Egypt something. opened to $14 million. 14. That means over its entire run, it'll do another 14. So it'll make $30 million by the time it's done. You can't even save this movie on home video. No. It's such a loss. But in, in you, as you were just saying, the thing about Gods of Egypt is like when that came on, I thought, why the fuck do I want to watch that? No. What is what is in that movie that is remotely appealing Nothing. to me that that Nothing. studio execs were like, yeah, yeah, the kids today, they want to see the Gods of Egypt. Yeah. We'll spend one hundred and fifty million dollars on this. movie. But like that, right there. I mean, that's a that's a big slap in the face and hopefully and it looks terrible no it but like so, i mean the yeah. quality Even of the it quality looks, so looks bad. bad but hopefully these are the kind of movies that will actually settle down you know people in hollywood will actually say oh we can actually make deadpool for 60 million we don't have to put 300 million into it well yeah i don't think it's going to happen uh like overnight or whatever but again you know e- even like star wars People that are involved with Star Wars are still not happy with the outcome. And you're like, it's it's close to $2 billion worldwide. And you're like, don't put $400 million into it. Then you just sit there and you look at Disney and you're like, there's a whole different form of greed there. And it's actually kind of crazy to think the money that it's made isn't that good. Like mm-hmm. Angels and Demons. You know, there's a big thing about Angels and Demons, uh, Da Vinci Code or whatever. Mm-hmm. Angels and Demons wasn't that great of a movie. But they're like, well, it only made six hundred million worldwide, and you're like, that's a lot of fucking money. Mm-hmm. You don't have to put three hundred million dollars into a cheesy book. You know, it's just like, okay, you have Tom Hanks. Why don't you just tone it down a bit? You know, just like it. it that's when the production kind of stuff, you know, kills me. It's just like God's God. What is it? Gods of Egypt. Whatever. Gods of Egypt. It's called. Yeah. You just sit there and you're like, that should have been, could have been. At twenty five, maybe thirty million dollar movie. If they were even going to make it, it shouldn't movie. even have been made. Like even was... if they were going to make it, yeah. I mean, I don't know where it got the green light. I don't know who the production company behind it. I don't know what fucking yeah, world don't... they were on. Yeah. Uh, you just sit there and you're like, again, that form of greed of like, oh well, Clash of the Titans. These movies make a ton of money. You're like, because people want to see Clash of the Titans. It's actually kind of interesting. Yeah. Um. This, you know, this is not an interesting story, and yet you you dropped, you know, one hundred fifty, hundred sixty million dollars into it. And, and again, it's just you know that kind of stuff, that kind of that form of greed. Um, I'm actually glad it come, you know, it came back to bite them on the ass because that's that's what it is. It's just it's just pure pure greed, and uh, they're just trying to make a buck. And you're like, nope, pretty much. So uh, so let's go through the rest of the Oscar yes. winners here, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, so best picture was Spotlight. We talked about that. Uh, best actor was Leo. I think we, we talked about his award, but um, we knew that he was going to get that. Uh, actress in a leading role, so best actress. Uh, speaking of which, they're actually calling it actress in a leading role. I hate it when I see actresses refer to themselves as an actor. That annoys me. Have you right. ever seen that? That's what they are, though. They're actors. No, they're actresses. No, they're actors. They're, I mean, there's the category is actress. They're, why would you call yourself, as a female, why would you call yourself an actor? Because you're an actor. Speaking you're of acting. which, back to the Oscar so white situation. Uh, who the, was it? Was this part of Chris Rock's monologue? Where the hell did I hear this? Um, <laughs> that uh, 
category the the best a- there shouldn't be a best actor and actress category. Yes, it just it should just be best actor mm-hmm. because it's not like women. What was it? Women are running in a marathon and they need their own category. Right. What, did Chris Rock say this? I don't know where the fuck. Uh, I, I forgot this. who said it. It's not like women are running in a marathon and they need their own category. I mean, they're competing on the same level as men are. So why should there be two categories? Absolutely. And that's very true. So uh, the person was making a point that if you wanted, I think it was Chris Rock, if you wanted a uh, more black actors, you would just create a black actor category. It was Chris Rock, yeah. Yeah. Uh, actress in a leading role went to Brie Larson Room. We talked about that briefly. Um, and she deserved it because like that, you know, again, I don't think, I don't see any other person, like there's not, she did such a good job. I don't see any other person doing what she did in that movie. And that's what, you know. That's, to me, that's what it comes down to by winning an actual award. Uh, actor in a supporting role went to Mark Rylance for Bridge of Spies. Yeah. He was fantastic yeah. in that. He, he was the only reason I liked that movie. He yeah. had the music. You were, yeah, he I was the character, the he was the character the that, that much. you were interested in the entire time. Because he made, it, he made it interesting. Mm-hmm. He kind of like, through the whole thing, it's like... Very quiet. And... Yeah, but, it, but at the same time, it was just like poetic. Like what he's going through. Like what he did and... You don't even know why he did it. You know, he, he it's very mysterious. Well, it was his job. Uh, well, no, but it was like, but, but at the same time, it's like even at the end of the movie, it's like he's actually, somebody stood up for him, so he's going to stand up for them. You know, it was a good, it was good. Now, um, uh, I, you, you thought that that was going to go, and I think so did I. We thought it was going to go to uh, Sylvester Stallone for Creed. Yeah, no, I, 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 yeah. I, I mean, we mentioned Creed a lot I mean, uh, for Sly, but oh well. Uh, actress in a supporting role went to Alicia Vikander for the yes. Danish Girl, um, which I was happy. Uh, I wanted just, to see Jennifer Jason Leigh for Hateful Eight. Have you seen Hateful Eight yet? Still haven't seen it. Uh, so, uh, but it's, but it's she's she, uh, the movie's all right. I mean, the movie's good. Whatever, it's fine. But she is fucking awesome. Yeah, she's awesome in it. Um, but at the same time, the the girl that won Ex Machina, this. Uh, oh yeah, I'm not faulting no, her. A, a British movie, a British TV, like. She literally had, like, the most insane year. Like, you sit there and you're like, there's mm-hmm. certain actors or certain actresses or whatever that sometimes they're overused or overexposed or, you know, used too much or whatever. Or they just got lucky and they got a bunch of roles. She literally worked for, like, two years straight. Like, she, I don't think she's even had a fucking day off. Hmm. And you just sit there and you're like, all the amazing work. Like and act- looking and Like looking acting's at. actual work. Yeah. Because um, sitting there with green shit all over you uh for four months in a movie that costs twelve dollars yeah that's they fun. didn't know they didn't do green screen huh they didn't do green screen she was covered with certain things if you see if you watch the making of on that one oh i, I read a thing an article that they did certain motion things, tracking cer- that they didn't do green screen cer- certain things, things were down. covered up anyway anyway um uh, i think she, i think she i think yeah, she's, she's actually good. brilliant and in that movie and uh yeah she's she's pretty you know for for a brit for another damn british person to get all the roles at least she can actually act speaking of do you watch talking dead yes whenever they have a new character on there and they open their mouth yeah. <laughs> there's another fucking accent well no, another brit playing an american you just did it like jesus because you know thomas Paine is yes yeah, yeah and chris is like another brit you know another brit right yeah. and uh and yet again you just sit there and you're the like, girl who plays maggie oh yeah deanna and i were sitting there going deanna was like i don't think that's american i'm like ah, that's american no. so we're having this she is she was born in pennsylvania i know but she was raised over there oh was she yeah oh, i didn't know that she was born here, but they they moved uh, to South Africa and then other parts of Europe and stuff. Oh, then that's why. Because yeah. Deanna kept saying, "There's certain words. That word is weird. Yeah. What is that?" 
Like, I don't know. It is, kind, it is kind of funny. It is kind of funny in that, like, Walking Dead is, like, everybody behind the camera is, like, hardcore American. Like, almost everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody in front of the camera is basically right, right from, straight from England. And mm-hmm. you just sit there and you're like, really? Nobody in Atlanta can actually do, no, nobody? No, not, well, not one person? So there yeah. you go. So it's just like when Oscar's so white. What, are you really? There's no black person or there's no Hawaiian that could play this role, yeah. as we were saying? Uh, animated film went to Inside Out, which I think we both predicted. Yeah, we, yeah. Uh, cinematography went to The Revenant, which I think we also both predicted. It got uh, a lot of, uh, a lot went behind saying, oh, it was shot with available light. Um, what do we got here? And the other thing that was funny, and, the, and I will bring this up throughout the entire award. And the award goes to Mad Max, and the award goes to Mad Max, and the award goes to Mad Max, the award goes to Mad Max. Then it gets to the big awards, and it's like, fuck you, Mad Max. Well, that's why that. It no, but it was so just funny because it was just like, really, it, it, George right. Miller made this, you know, movie, and all these parts are fucking amazing, and the movie is amazing. Yeah, and like you said, even like the blue hairs voted for the movie, and then all of a sudden, when it comes to the real awards, the quote unquote, the, the awards that people really notice and stand up, you know, and take notice to. Yeah, no. Fuck you, George. You did a horrible job. Yeah, it, that's always <laughs> been a problem in the past. Uh, so it's just like... Uh, how no. can a movie have the best director and the best actor and actress and the best VFX but not be the best picture or, you know, stuff like that? That's yeah. And that's always been kind of... Which is kind of funny because, like, the direct... It, it, it is funny when, like, you see the best picture. Now they have, like, what, 10? You know, 10 best pictures, which is fine. Yeah. But then the directing is five, and it's usually only three or four of those directors made the best pictures. So some like this year, um, there's a best director who doesn't. There's have a best, best director, who, yeah. And you just sit there and you're like, so he was the best director out there, but his film wasn't the best film. How the fuck does that happen? Or no, I think first? all the directing were nominated. No, they, no, this year I think yeah. yeah, this year it worked out. But I think it was last year, like the last two years. And you're like ten movies, you're picking directors right. that don't even have a movie up for best picture. Right. Hello, that makes no sense. The idea behind that was to pick the five uh, hoity-toity movies that were still going to win, yeah. or that they were still going to vote, pick one from, and then pick five other very popular movies, the popular movies, yeah. so the kids would getting, watch. Yeah. Um, cost- well, I mean, because like you were saying, sometimes a, a, a popular movie doesn't you know win or whatever. It's this movie that you never heard of, or it's a tiny movie right. that, you know that wins or whatever. Costume. But, co- what going? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Costume, oh, costume design was, went yeah. to Mad Max. And that was hilarious, man. She was fun. She was awesome. Oh, I didn't watch her speech. Huh? I didn't watch. Oh no, but like she just. And I even mentioned. I was like, "Really? Your costume and you're wearing that?" You know, and Uh, like we joke about it. And then you're like, "Well, those pants she probably made, and they probably cost like six grand." mm -hmm. And she's wearing a Mad Max fucking kick-ass leather jacket, which probably she only made like for five people on that huge set. Mm -hmm. So you just sit there and you're like, "Yeah, she's still a badass." Uh, Directing went to the Revenant. Uh, I would have liked to have seen it gone to Big Short. Um, documentary feature went to Amy. Um, the interesting thing here is of the screeners that I got from you, uh, the five that are here, Amy was the only one. The other four, I didn't get a screener from you. So I sit there and oh, I look I pro- at it. Probably I have a few at home that I haven't seen. Yet. Oh, because I look at a category like this and I say to myself, "Well, of course, Amy won. It's the only screener everybody got." Um, it's the only one that everybody heard of. Documentary short short subject. This was the uh, Louis C.K. Yeah. Award that went to a girl in the river, Prince of Forgiveness, or the Price of Forgiveness. HBO bought it, so that was nice. It's going to be on HBO. Oh, they bought that doc? Mm-hmm. Actually, uh, two of them. HBO has two of them. It's a story of... Uh, the, Ebo- the Ebola and uh, this is the uh, honor killing. 
Yeah, uh, honor killing because uh, what she was she wasn't a virgin or something or I don't know how that. Oh works. no, there's a whole list of things you know that, that women you can, have to go through. Yeah, if you have a clit, you can die. Yeah, something. Like that. Uh, film editing went to Mad Max. Um, I would have liked to have seen the Big Short, but I'm not upset about that. That's fine. Which is kind of funny because you sit there and you're like, you look at Mad Max and the and the, the editing is spectacular but it's an over-the-top spectacular movie Mm -hmm. but we you know because you talked about the big short on and on and on about the editing and then you watch the movie i've seen the movie now twice Mm -hmm. and the second time i watch it just for what you were talking about just take it from the technical side or whatever it's the best movie of the year big short big Big short is was well directed no but like it was the the best it was the best one because incredible because of literally the way it was shot the entire film it, it was the, unbelievable for what they did they say that did. uh the sign of a of fantastic editing is when it's seamless and in mad max it certainly is seamless yeah but i and i've not taken anything away from her she did a fantastic job on it but when you watch mad max i go well this is an action movie yeah. it's an action chase scene there's a hundred editors in hollywood that could do this i mean it you know, it's nothing remarkable, although right. it is seamless, doesn't take you out of the story, and it was good. When you watch The Big Short, m- maybe it does take some people out of it, but I don't think there was 100 people in Hollywood that could do that. No, I mean, no, no. Uh, they just really, uh, it, it, is, it, is, we, it is either the most amateur of amateurs and the sloppiest thing that ever, like Napoleon Dynamite, and holy shit, it actually worked. Yeah. Or someone really crafted something amazing, yeah. and I think that's the case because there was a lot of talented people involved, and it, you're not ending up with an accident that way. Dude, there, I mean, but yeah, technically speaking, you see certain scenes, and you're like, they t- they teach you in all the film schools, and they'll teach you in every book. It's like you're supposed to do a scene A, B, and C, mm-hmm. and some of these scenes are like mm-hmm. X, Y, W. Like yeah, it just like there. doesn't even make sense. Like it doesn't even make sense, mm-hmm. and yet the movie is flawless. Like, scene, like you just see that, and you're like, "Oh my god!" The way it portrayed from scene one to the end, it just works, mm-hmm. and you're just like, "It doesn't make sense because it's not what you're used to. It's not what it's nothing. You're, you're it's not to. what you're supposed to see in a movie. Uh, a movie is supposed to be more spoon fed, like Spotlight. Uh, foreign language film went to Son of Saul. Yeah. Uh, also in this list, there's only two movies that I got from you, <laughs> Son of Saul and Mustang. So I thought the same thing. I was like, well, you had a uh, coin toss. And I watched Mustang and I thought, Must- I haven't seen, I haven't watched Son of Saul, Saul yet, but uh, I'm going to. I thought Mustang was pretty good. Um, makeup- what was Mustang about? Uh, that was the girls. Yeah, the Mustang, girl. Mustang is a coming of age story of four sisters mm-hmm. in turkey is it okay yeah and their arranged marriages and the way that their lives are being dictated to them um and you know how they are just girls and they have crushes on boys like any other girls but how they're not allowed to and they're not even allowed to have those crushes you mean in certain they're not allowed yeah so yeah uh so it's this it's it's everything that we know about an american coming of age story but it is set in a foreign land with very strict rules, and um, sometimes the movie is heartbreaking, and sometimes it's liberating, and it's it's actually a good movie. It's it's worth watching. That's actually in the list of things I need to see. Uh, makeup about forty of them. Makeup and hairstyling went to Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, uh, I can't believe that 
beat out the hundred year old man who climbed out. Yeah. Cause everybody yeah. saw that, right? Yeah. It also beat out the window and disappeared. You you know what that one is, right? <laughs> it's a very technical award and obviously the tech you know, the technical people vote on that. And so you're just like, you guys, I mean, you have to you need to stop voting for these movies. You need to vote for movies that are actually somewhat popular. <laughs> movies, movies that people, that people see? heard of. Right. At least seen. I mean, so you just sit there and you're like, oh, it's awesome that Mad Max won. But then you're like. What a um, beat. <laughs> yeah. You're like, uh, nobody except those technical people even saw witnessed. And I guarantee you they didn't witness the whole film. They probably saw. You know, well, your girlfriend it lives in a makeup and hairstyling yeah, sort of so, world. And I bet she doesn't know what these do. No, no, we are. were even just like she was like, huh? She knew, she she heard of the people that did it, and that's I, well, that's what it comes down to. Uh, music uh, went original score went to the Hateful Eight, which you have not seen. I know, yet. That's crazy. but the music was fantastic. I noticed when Ennio, it, when Ennio got up I, way I before. Actually, I mean, yeah. nominations and all that. When we watched it, I was like, this the score is really cool. When Ennio got up to win the award, I literally like teared up. Because I was so happy at? for him. Over 500 pieces of music, 60 years in this world, mm-hmm. and he literally has two awards. It like doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Well, it's the whole Leonardo DiCaprio. No, no, no. no. But it's like literally doesn't make sense. No, I'm talking worldwide. Yeah. Other award shows, and you're like, really? I mean, I love John Williams. Isn't that? Don't, don't get me that wrong. was a joke in the Oscars. Was John Williams is like over 500 pieces or whatever, and they showed his seat. Yeah. He's won like I don't know twenty Oscars yeah. or something like that, and he is in the back of the theater like nobody gives. He's way the fuck yeah. back there. But then they put it's him over in the seat. corner in that little booth right by the stage for the award, which was a fantastic which, which idea because we didn't have to see people like, like fucking yeah try to but get you, out. You just like you just sit there and you're just like, it's weird. Like I'm a, like the thing is my favorite movie. You know this. We talked about this briefly right. talking about the Hateful Eight, and uh, but like the music is done by Inyo. And so, like, a real brief, you know, history about that. Like, John Carpenter talked to Inyo's people over the phone. Because mm-hmm. this is way 100, you know, this is 81 when they did the music. 100 years ago. and uh, <laughs> 81. Yeah. So it was all over the phone. Uh-huh. You know, it's like they couldn't afford. Universal was not going to bring Inyo and his people to America. They were not going to fly John Carpenter over to Italy. So it was literally like, okay, um, we're making this horror, this big sci-fi horror movie. We need music from you. And he's like, okay. He sent them pieces, and John was like, "Okay, it's perfect." You know, this is you know this is unbelievable. But it was all that communication. He actually had to talk to like two or three different people, and uh, I think at the time, Enio was doing like four, four, four movies, and yet didn't even get nominated because mm-hmm. he didn't get nominated. Like the mission, unbelievable. It's like the only good thing about the movie. The movie is just so overrated, but the fucking music is unbelievable. Didn't win, and you just sit there and you're like, "Are you kidding me?" Like for the thing and for the mission, and it's like some of it, some of his pieces are just astounding. It just it makes movies, you know. It's like John Carpenter's thing is my favorite movie. Without the music, it's just like Jaws. Without John oh, Williams, yeah. there is no movie. The, literally, you cannot have Jaws without the sound. You cannot have the thing or Halloween, another John Carpenter movie, without that music. And you're just like music is so important to movies, and any was done unbelievable work it's funny you mentioned jaws because hateful eight i thought about jaws and yeah. because the music is simple and yeah, jaws no, no. is simple yeah um and i was surprised when i saw that it was nominated that surprised me because 
I didn't think they were going to recognize something so simple in today's day and age. And they don't. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So it's, but it's, then again, it's like it's these, like editing work, you know, falling in seamlessly. Yeah. Uh, it's something that could just easily be disregarded. Yeah. Like you just but, it, it, but, it, but it, it does make or break certain movies. It does make oh, or yeah. break certain certain genres. I mean, dramas like I mean, the guy like Bridge of Spies. Like, I don't remember the music at all because mm-hmm. I don't really remember the, the movie that much, except, you know, for the supporting actor like that guy. Like, I didn't care for the movie or whatever. The music didn't help. You know, you see, you know, you see certain things or whatever, and you're like, oh, yeah, that was, the music's pretty fucking awesome. And it's like, and, you know, you're just like, holy shit, man. It's like, it just, it was just crazy. It was just like one of those, it was very strange. And actually, uh, after Leo, um, it did pick up on social media. Um, Gary Ullman now needs to actually get an award. No, is that the next one? That's the next one. Uh, music. Four, origin- 44 roles. They said they were like, they're talking about 44, 44 different roles that he could have or should have either been nominated or won dracula any well yeah i mean you know uh original um uh, music original song went to writing on the wall for mm-hmm. specter yeah whatever so what? yeah uh, these are five songs that i didn't watch um although i i find it hilarious that uh one of the nominees has earned it from 50 shades of gray so 50 shades of gray can claim to be an oscar nominated film yep. that fucking crazy uh production design it was went- also a razzie nominated Fifty Shades of Grey, yeah, might be a Razzie. Fan, fan, Who won the Razzie? Four. Both of them. What? Split decision. Fantastic Four and Fifty Shades. Of... Oh, was it? Uh, production design went to Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, short film. I didn't see any of these, but uh, Bear Story won. So go out and catch that. Um, short film, live action. Also didn't see any of these, but uh, Stutterer won. I'm guessing it's about a speech impediment. So go out and see that. <laughs> Uh, sound editing went to Mad Max Fury Road. Um, I could totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Star Wars could have won, but uh, I no. think uh, Star Wars was something that had been done six times so much that Mad Max was uh, I did, I clearly just, the deserving winner. I just think the Mad Max, fresh... there's, there's so much. I know you tech... love Mad Max. No, but there's like so Everybody much. Everybody knows the... you Shut love up. Mad Max. There's so much on the technical side of Mad Max, and I think that's why they deserve. Some of our listeners have commented that you've talked about Mad Shut Max up. for 15 hours in a row. Best uh, movie of the year. Sound mixing went to Mad Max. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I can agree with that. Uh, I like the way that the Oscars presented the sound editing and sound mixing this year. They gave you a sense of what sound mixing and sound yeah. editing actually was. Uh, that was that fantastic. Was that yeah. was a good thing to do. Uh, visual effects, we already talked about this, went to Ex Machina, which beat out Mad Max, Martian, Revenant, and Star Wars. That's pretty awesome. A little $15 million movie kicks Star Wars in the nuts. Um, not that I don't love Star Wars, which is kind of cool. Uh, writing adapted screenplay went to The Big Short. Yeah, I think it's his only win of the night, right? Uh, it was up against Brooklyn, piece of shit, Carol, piece of shit. Martin, it was good, but come on. Or the Martian, Martin. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Room, which was good, but a uh, big short one. And original screenplay went to Spotlight, uh, which beat out Straight Outta Compton, Inside Out, Ex Machina, and Bridge of Spies. Now, <laughs> here's the thing about original screenplay. I, I guess it's not original story, because of yeah. that list, there's nothing more original than Inside Out. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. the, the things that are going on in somebody's brain... <laughs> Is the most original story out of mm-hmm. Straight Out of Compton, Spotlight, Ex Machina, and Bridge of Spies. Yeah. But original screenplay, I don't really know 
how and I don't understand I don't Ex Machina. I don't really understand how that was original because that story's been around for a hundred years. I well, mean, spot, since since sci-fi has, was born a hundred years ago, there's been the story of yeah. making. And Spotlight is investigative journalism, and Straight Outta Compton is a story about a music group, and uh, Bridge of Spies. I guess that hasn't been done before. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, yeah, because it's it, it's just negotiations with the. Guys. Actually, no, Bridge of Spies is very much a Tom Clancy movie, so yeah, yeah that's been around. for No, a that's while. what I'm saying. It's 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 so the winner here should have been with guns Inside Out, but it Inside went to Spotlight. Uh, Which I think we both talked about. I think Inside. We I thought we said Inside Out was like a. Almost a sure end. Might have been. I don't remember what we yeah. said. Uh, your feelings get tainted the more information that gets absorbed. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think that brings us to a close, unless there's something that you want to add. Mad Max is still the best movie. Or change, or... Uh... <laughs> uh, no, uh, no. It was uh, it was an interesting uh, award show. Um, so I was glad to, you know, I'm glad that we taped it and we watched it. Did you watch Pretty it good. with your dad and your sister? No. No, so you just watched no, it with Deborah. Yeah, no, it just yeah, Deborah and myself, and uh, we went and saw Deadpool. Yeah. Then came home and watched the Oscars. Caught up, you know, fast forward. I need to go see Deadpool watch. again because I almost passed out in laughing so hard. Oh, when he does the T Rex when he's punching. Yeah, yeah. I, it's I, the I best li- bit in the movie. I it literally, I literally down. lost air like so much that I thought I was going to pass out. Yeah, like yeah. people, like people in the theater. We're laughing at me, not the, you know. The weird thing is, is I thought, I mean, we watched it. We went while the Oscars were on, so on a Sunday night. So the theater wasn't that full to begin with. But there were probably 50 people in the theater. And I felt like there were things I was laughing at that other people weren't at all. Like, he made a reference to Meredith Baxter Bernie. And I don't think Deanna laughed at all because I don't think Deanna knows who Meredith Baxter Bernie is. And I'm guessing most of the audience has no clue no. um so and i was like there's a lot of jokes in here that are inside jokes inside, like man. really old yeah. or or really obscure or really like i think right that's what i'm saying i think when ryan reynolds and whoever his because i know that there was like one or two people that he was you know uh helping out with or whatever they went in man and they just they upped the ante on the jokes because like most of them hit hard but like even those, like even the smaller ones or the obscure ones, to me, I was laughing through the whole movie. Yeah, they were just like was very throwing. Few, there was, there was very, <laughs> like every very, line was a joke. They were yeah, just but like there was jokes. very, very few times in that movie where I wasn't at least giggling, if not laughing. LOL, like mm-hmm. laughing, you know, out loud. And I'm like, because I thought it was just smart, very clever, and it just he was always throwing punches through the whole fucking movie, and you're like. God bless him, because it was just like, it needed it. I mean, somebody needed to do this to one of these movies to really just, just make fun of fucking everything. Just like, you know, that's why Chris Rock is so brilliant. He makes fun of everything, and that's why he is funny. That's why, he's like, even when it's not a funny joke, it's still brilliant. Like Louis C.K., some mm-hmm. people don't like him because he's so, you know, he's harsh, and you're like, but he makes fun of everything. And it's like, if you got the balls to do it and it works, it works. And Deadpool works on that level. It's just like, he just like, boom, boom, boom. Like every fucking second, every sentence that comes out of his mouth, man, I was giggling. I was just like, holy shit, man. This is just smart. So fucking clever. It's also very hard not to like Ryan Reynolds. It's very bizarre. He has the most bizarre career ever. I just uh, don't understand. I love everything I've ever seen him in. Yeah, but I'm like, I don't understand how like one movie, it's so funny to see like one movie 
can really, you know, hurt your career that bad. Anyway, well, he was Green Lantern? Green Lantern. Or Green, one of the Greens. Green Hornet, Green Lantern, one of them. Hornet was Seth Rogen, yeah, Lantern so, was... Uh, but you're just like... And that, to me, wasn't that bad compared to other superhero type oh, movies. It was bad. No, 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 no. It was, it was bad. It was like, it was pretty cheesy. And everything. I got lucky on Green Lantern. But uh, it was like, it's just, a, it's a cheesy story that never the, should have been made. The anyway. film broke. So they all, they gave us tickets. They, so we yeah. got uh replacement tickets and got to go see something else. A uh, Green Lantern. I love Ryan. My, my man crush is Ryan Reynolds. Like yeah. when it used to be for the longest time, you'd ask a girl and they would be like, well, I'd go lesbian for Angelina yeah. Jolie. That is Ryan Reynolds has always been that guy for yeah. me from Van Wilder. Van just Wilder. his fucking yeah. snarky attitude. Yeah. The dude was awesome. Uh, but in uh, Amityville horror, and oh my yeah, god! He's so good his, in that movie. When he's fucking chopping wood, chopping shirtless, wood, the best fucking scene in the movie. I'm sitting here going, Jesus "How Christ. do you get that body? Like, who is this guy? This guy is but a even like that whole scene, statue. But like even that whole sequence, you're like, you look at him, you're like, oh my god. Mm-hmm. And then like what's he what he's doing? You're like, oh my god. Well, yeah, chopping wood. <laughs> but then like the camera work and everything, because the kid's like right fucking there. Obviously, he wasn't. Mm-hmm. But like that whole scene, you're like. Just like Cape Fear when he's talking to Juliet Lewis. You're just like, the whole scene, you're just like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Yeah. And, and at the same time, you're like, he's just manly man. So, yeah, it was just yeah, the he's whole guy. You know, like... the whole scene is like, that's the, like, I lo- I really like that version of the movie. You know, the, the Amityville Horror. I really actually His version? Yeah. His, yeah, the v- version you know, he's in is very good. Yeah. It's really good. It's really uh, edgy. It's, you know, it's mm-hmm. creepy and scary and stuff like that. But that fucking Chopping Wood scene is just insane. It's literally like that scene is like when I think of Amityville Four, that's the scene I immediately go to. Yeah. I was like, oh, you're Ryan Reynolds? Oh, the chopping wood with the kid that's fucking like three inches from the axe? Yeah. Fucking crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. You know? And you're like, that was a ballsy move on the direct, you know, on that kind of stuff too. Because obviously the kid wasn't anywhere near, you know. Maybe he was. Who knows? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. if they're going John Landis and sometimes killing, you know, killing we kids put, uh... and getting away with it, um, maybe they could, you know. I was, was going to mention Sarah Jones in the on the train tracks, but yeah, sure. Sarah Jones, Sarah Jones, uh, the uh, Almond Brothers movie, Midnight Rider. She's oh, oh, oh the, okay, yeah. Slates for Sarah that yeah. was killed two years ago on the railroad tracks. They, uh, you yeah, know, they, they, you know they, that story, right? Yeah, but they, just, we're going to shoot a, we're going to put a bed yeah, on railroad right. tracks and to film happened. this scene, yeah. and we're not going to check the train schedule yeah. or get permission from the from any railroad. Brand. Yeah. Uh, we're just going to shoot this and, you know, let people go out there. And, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because there's uh, no there's no train tracks anywhere that trains don't actually go on. Oh, they're everywhere. Yeah, they're everywhere. There. There's tons yeah. of dormant tracks. <laughs> um, it's like, I mean, I just did a road trip around this country. I went over millions of tracks. Which he he's he's I think he's in life. The uh, producer hmm. is in life for murder. Got sentenced to life uh, yeah, for yeah, murder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the wife... There's there was and John Landis still made movies. There was the something about yeah they're, 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 the Midnight Rider team is going to be it's going to be hard for them to continue making at least the uh, above the line. Um, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, no, it just that. it doesn't make any sense. It literally didn't. Um, well, all right, that took that took a fucking turn. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden, we got dark. We went Deadpool. We we, we just wow, fucking... Deadpool actually got in our head. Thanks, Ryan. There you go. So I'm Vince Roca. I am Martin Bailey. And for more on the show, visit getconvinced.com.